Coming up on Let's Get to the Points. Were you recognized and thanked for your loyalty? Because <laughs> we kind of showed up and there was like no warm welcome or anything. It was just very transactional. Things didn't start off too well. Would you say your interaction was quick and dirty? <laughs> And later. So I do like that about the long flights that you can kind of just sleep as much as you can because it's so long of a flight that you're going to wake up. During our 30-hour journey here. You know. <laughs> a lot of heart-to-hearts. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of, you know, come visit me and my suite and I'll go visit you in your Q-suite times, right? Now, let's get to the points. From Passion for Points, it's Serena. From Travel Sergeant, it's Miguel. From Nicole's travel tips, it's Nicole. And from seat to a suite, it's Mitch Shannon. Hi there, and thank you for joining us on Let's Get to the Points audio and video podcast, where we bring you the very best in tips and tricks in the world of points, miles, and travel. I'm Mitch Shannon, and I am joined by my best friends who know everything in the world of points, miles, and travel. First up, from Passion for Points, it's Serena. Hi, everyone. From the Travel Sergeant, it's Miguel. Hey, what's up? And from Nicole's Travel Tips, it's Nicole. Hi, everyone. Please help us out by clicking that subscribe button now to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and wherever you watch or listen. Also, please give us a like and leave us a comment below and let us know what you think about our show. Now it's time to do it. Let's get to the points. All right, so we're going to start this week off with a little question for you guys. How's your 2024 going so far? It's going good. I'm defrosted back home. <laughs> so far, so good. I'm still catching up on my sleep. Have you got over that jet lag yet? That's the question. Almost. I'm almost there. How about you, Mitch? My 2024 um, is starting off pretty well because we're here for Polrit, my husband's birthday. We're here in Melbourne, Australia, and we just got here last night, so it was pretty quick. And where are you staying? So we're staying at the Hyatt Centric in Melbourne. There are three Hyatt properties here in Melbourne, and we've done them all. This is our third one. So there's the Park Hyatt, there's the Grand Hyatt, and then there's the Hyatt Centric. Now, there are a couple of others, but they're not in the area you want to be in, in downtown Melbourne. So that's why I kind of say there's only three properties. So... So which one's been your favorite so far? Okay, so that's the million dollar question. So there was a little bit of drama yesterday <laughs> when we were checking in. We'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but we took uh, Qatar Airways, LA Doha to Melbourne. So it was like a long trip. And so then we get here, we got here about six o'clock last night and we go to check in and there was no, hi, you're a globalist. There was no, you get breakfast benefits. It was just, we have your reservation and checkouts at 11. And that was it. Right. So mm -hmm. I had to start prompting the check-in person. Don't we get a checkout at four o'clock and don't we get breakfast? You want to tell me how that works? So mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a smooth check-in. So they're going to get low marks on that survey. How much? Because you know, the survey always um, asks, were you recognized and thanked for your loyalty? <laughs> and Not no, you weren't. One. Yeah, so it was it was kind of weird, you know, because we kind of showed up and there was like no warm welcome or anything. It was just very transactional, if that's the word. And, you know, I'd use a sweet upgrade award for us, you know, like you can see here uh, for five nights that we're here. And I had to say, so what's our room? What do we get? You know, I, there was no just like any of that. There was like no knowledge, no information that was shared. So yeah, things didn't start off too well. So would you say your interaction was quick and dirty? <laughs> uh, sure, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, she 
the the the, the gal just she seemed a little discombobulated. I guess is a is a fair word to say. Okay, hi, it's centric. You have four more nights to get your stuff together. <laughs> it's interesting though. Um, the I guess it's the concierge. I don't know exactly what his title is. I can't remember. And he actually emailed us, and he was actually great. He was like, you know, welcome. Please let us know what time you're coming. And he did give us a nice welcome amenity when we got to the room. It was Polrit's birthday, so they left us a really nice bottle of red wine, a couple of chocolate bars, and a really nice little happy birthday note, which I thought was very nice. So, you know, they do get marks for that. I don't want to slam them on everything. So Was the red wine from Napa by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you bring it back so we can have it? It might be buttery. Let me, let me grab yeah. it. Here, I'll, I'll check. Hold on. Oh, yeah. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not the this... buttery brand. <laughs> what do you say? So I don't know what this is. It's Cloud Street. Cloud yeah, Shiraz. I haven't even looked at it yet. Shiraz. Can you see? Does it say where it's from? Quintessentially Australian. So that tells oh, you a lot right there, right? No, it's a local brand. Wine of Australia. It's it's made here. So I'll bring this for our next meetup. There you go. <laughs> we only want Napa wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's been around the world, right? That, right? that started in Napa with the Japan and then came back, right? Right. So what are your plans uh, for Melbourne? Well, we got here last night and Polrit's already left. He's already went off to go check out the tennis because it's the Australian Open here. And we've done this, I want to say, maybe five or six years now. And it's kind of been our thing, right? Like our birthdays are in January. We come down. Um, he's always been into tennis his entire life. He's he's always loved it. This is kind of like my little love letter to him. You know, it's like his little birthday gift. I like to take him down here because I know how much he likes it. And I know he likes to watch the tennis and we, we go check it out and everything. Serena, what was the last birthday present your husband gave you? Did it involve care sweets? <laughs> no. Florence so lucky. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> lucky Porrit. He is, yeah. So hint, hint, Miguel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Insert cricket noise here. Um, <laughs> I was trying to remember what we have booked. We have Japan Airlines and Starbucks booked. And JetBlue Mint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we forgot. Yeah, so, you know, we can talk more about uh, Australia and what we do here maybe next week, but I kind of want to dig in to how we got here on Qatar Airways, if that's okay, if we can talk about that for just a yes, minute. Please. Yes, please. Yes, do tell. Do tell. All right, so let me give you the specifics of how I booked this, right? So this is quite possibly, I think maybe Miguel or one of you guys can check me on this, the longest way possible you can take from the United States to get to Australia. So we went LA, Doha, and then Doha, Melbourne. And we only did that with like a quick stop in Doha. Normally we'll like make a stopover, you know, we'll make two trips out of it. But I booked this about a year ago. I booked it through Qatar's Privilege Program with my British Airways Avios. It came out to 120000 per person, and it was about $220 in taxes and fees. And I did a transfer bonus from American Express to British Airways, but I couldn't find that, so I can't remember exactly what that transfer bonus was at the time, but that's I had transferred in advance in preparation for this. So it technically wasn't 120000 per person. It was a little less than that, so... It's a pretty good deal for that much flying time. And I'm mm -hmm. all about going the long way anywhere. Yeah, it was the long way. So like I'm, I add up the two flight times, right? And when I talk flight time, I'm talking like when the wheels come up till the wheels touch down, not 
anything else. So LA Doha was 15 hours and 10 minutes. And then Doha to Melbourne was 13 hours and three minutes. So that was 28 hours and 13 minutes that we were actually in the air of the entire trip here. So how it. long was your layover? Yeah. So we stopped in Doha. It was about three and a half hours that we had a little extra time there because we got in a little early. So we had about three and a half hours in Doha. So did you go to the lounge in Doha? I always want to hear about the lounge. Miss Lounge Lizard. So I've got your full lounge report right here. <laughs> so let's start out. Let's back up. Let's start out in L.A. OK, so in L.A., normally what happens is, is when you fly one of the international one world partners, they have the one world lounge at Tom Bradley. And it's a horrible lounge. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Right. It's very dark. The food is really bad. So we decided to go to the AA flagship lounge in Terminal 4 instead. And that was really nice. It's like open. It's airy. They've got sushi. They've got a bar. When we walked in, we were greeted with a, a glass of champagne, which I'm like, wow, you know, American Airlines, that's really nice. So I would much do, rather do that if you're traveling out of LA and you're on a one world partner in business, go over to the AA flagship lounge. It's a little, it's like an extra walk. It's about an extra 10 minutes, but it's definitely worth it. And then the lounge in Doha. Yes. So let's talk about the lounge in Doha. Now, Miss Lounge Lizard, I think you would give this five stars because you would love this lounge. The better question is how much would Nyla give it? <laughs> mm. It'll be just okay. It'll be just okay. I'm, I'm nervous I'm going to oversell it right now. <laughs> Okay, go for it, go for it. Let's go. So let's talk about what's great about that lounge, okay? So when we arrived in Doha, we went straight to the lounge because, you know, first thing after like a 15-hour flight that you want to do is you want to take a shower. That was kind of confusing because in the lounge, they have this shower area, but there were only four. So we went in and we said, hey, we want to take a shower. And the guy's like, well, we're full right now. And that was pretty much it. And we're like, well, is there a waiting list? Well, there's showers over in the sleeping area if you want to go check over there. Well, are any of them available? Because we don't want to walk over there and then have to walk back. That part of the lounge experience was kind of like, you know, no good. So after we went through all that, we got our shower. And then I know they have this restaurant. You guys know about their restaurant, right? Have you seen this? Sorry, I haven't been there in a couple of years because the last two times I was in Doha, I was in the first class lounge. So I, I don't remember that restaurant. Oh, excuse you. Uh, uh. I have two, two trips <laughs> planned and I don't think I'm going to make it to the first class lounge. I'm going to have to figure it out. Yes, the first class lounge is there. It's great though, right? It's a really good lounge. Yeah, yeah. Great. Love it. I think it's his favorite lounge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's between that and the Lufthansa first class terminal. They each have their things. But yeah, I think the, the Qatar one is like probably the top. I mean, I've paid to get into that one when I was flying business. I don't think I would pay to get into the Lufthansa one. So yeah, I would say so. How much do you pay? If you're flying business class and there's room or availability or whatever, uh, you pay about $165 a person. Now, that might seem like a lot, but if you have a long layover... I think it's definitely worth it because you can get a room for up to six hours. So instead of paying for a transit hotel there at the airport, you can just, you know, get a room there and, and sleep. It's kind of like getting a hotel room, but that includes, you know, dining a la carte, open bar. So back to the business one. Sorry, yeah, back to business. <laughs> back to business. 
Back to business. <laughs> the business one is, you know, it's really nice for a business class lounge. It's probably one of the better ones that I've been in. Um, the restaurant upstairs is actually, it's really nice. So we went in, I got us a table for poor at night and you could actually sit down and have a full on dinner there, right? And they come by, they take your order. They had a sushi bar. They were making sushi in there. They had a salad bar. They had a dessert station and it's kind of like you can kind of help yourself or they had a menu that you can order off as well. The sushi was banned. Fantastic. It was fresh. It was really good. We ordered a couple of pieces of sushi. So it's a great lounge in Doha. So Nicole, budget a lot of time for your stop in Doha to go to the lounge. Is the only way to access the business class lounge to fly business class? But if you had one world status, would that work? When we went to go check in yesterday, and I vaguely remember this because I haven't been through Doha in a while, but maybe you guys know this. We were going to go in the lounge and there were people in front of us that kind of had like one world status and they wouldn't let them in. The lounge we were going to, you only it's only for people that are flying Qatar, right? Yeah, so they have a few other lounges for one world status holders, but the Al Murjan Business Class Lounge is only if you're flying business with Qatar. Not only that, but there's a fair type that is a discounted business class that if you buy that with cash, you, you won't even have access to the lounge with that fair type. Award tickets do get access though. But yeah, if you're flying economy, even you have one world status, they're going to redirect you to one of their other lounges. So Mitch, you've mentioned that you go to Melbourne about once a year for the last five years, right? How do you usually get there? What's the route you usually take? The first year that we did it, we did it uh, on cafe. We did first to Hong Kong and then we did business from Hong Kong down. Last year, we went on ANA and we did LA, Haneda, and then Haneda on to Sydney. And we kind of made it a stopover along the way, right? Like we stopped in Tokyo for a couple of days and then we stopped in Sydney for a couple of days. Then we took one of those quick little flights down from Sydney to Melbourne on Qantas. And booking that through BA, like that is the best secret for the, like those domestic flights because points-wise, they are so cheap for business class, which, you know, it's like a domestic U.S. first class. But still, though, I mean, you get the baggage allowance, you get, you know, the seat up front for such a short flight and really cheap points. So that's kind of how we booked last year and the year before that. And what were your feelings about the two different options. Would you do this again, going the long way? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So, you know, Paul and I, during our 30-hour journey here, you know, <laughs> a lot of heart-to-hearts. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of, you know, come visit me and my suite, and I'll go visit you in your Q-suite times, right? Yeah. I asked him, you know, I said, so what did you think? It's your birthday. This is all for you. You know, I can, I'm kind of all over the map. I could go either way. It's, you know, kind of up in the air. What, what did you think? And he really enjoys going the long way because he says he's really able to like sleep because like on the longer flights, you've got more time to sleep and kind of reset your clock a little bit. And that's kind of why he did it. And I kind of see, you know, why he says that, because on the first flight, I think I was able to sleep about eight hours. And then on the second one was a little rough, but I was able to sleep about six hours on that one. So going in Q suites that far of a distance, you can't really complain about that. So it's a good way to travel. So I do like that about the long flight. So you can kind of sleep without an alarm clock, just sleep as much as you can, because it's so long of a flight that you're going to wake up. And unlike American Airlines, who will only feed you at certain times, you know, you can wake up and if you're hungry, you eat whatever time. And I think that's great with, with those carriers. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the things I think Qatar does really well is they let you pick and choose when you want to eat and, you know, how you want to eat. Like, see, I got, I got the menu right here. Do you want to... <laughs> of course yeah. you do. <laughs> 
I had to have show prep, you know, I had to come prepare for this. So it's everything, right? Like it's appetizers. And then like they got their dinner over here. They got their light options and breakfast. And I think that's like one of the pro tips. I think you guys do this, but I think one of the things that you do is you kind of maybe study the menu during boarding, right? While everyone else is like all excited and taking pictures and everything. And then when the crew comes over and they say, you know, what do you want to eat? Like, Give them the whole plan of like, I want to eat this, you know, at the beginning, I want to eat this in the middle of the flight and then save me this for arrival. And then that way it kind of helps them inventory a lot better because that's what we did because they tend to run out a lot of that stuff, right? Because people kind of order as they go and they don't think and they think, oh, you know, I can eat whatever I want and whatever I want. And it worked out really well. So we got our first choice on everything, which was great. Do you collect the menus or? Well, I just take the menus because like if I post a picture or something, like people are like, what did you eat? You know, what did you have? I want to be able to know what it was, you know, because it's very detailed. I started collecting the menus. Oh, you do? I think it's cool because they'll, they'll have the the route in the back. So it's like you remember exactly because they have different catering depending on the route and the season even. So I don't know. It's just something that's easy to take in your backpack and it's paper, you know, so it's you could have gotten wet and they would have thrown it away. It's not a big deal. I don't know what else I've taken. Maybe salt shakers. Did you take anything else, Mitch? <laughs> Amenity kits? <laughs> I don't know. Blankets, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Pillows. I, I want one of those yeah, blankets in. One Plates. day. One day. Do you want to see some of the stuff I got on the plane? Can can we do a little show and tell? Yeah. Will that work? Show All and right. tell. This was the amenity kit from LA to Doha. Uh we've got some fresh lotion. Is it Lalabo? Because if it's not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh I got some face cream. We got some lip balm which is important then you got your socks and your eye mask and your earplugs in here as well so that's in a box though right yeah this one came in a box the one we got from doha to melbourne was a, is the as a bag oh, nice. so that's i don't nice. know and it's got oh it's got the same product in here and then they got pajamas oh i love okay so let me tell you a quick little story about the pajamas I would say within the last seven days, I wore the E-word pajamas <laughs> about three times. Nyla is like, are you wearing that again? I mean, full on with the slippers and everything. It's, you know, it's like I never left the plane. Miguel, what do you do with yours? Uh, I wear them sometimes. I really don't wear pajamas. I just wear shorts to sleep. But I do have them and sometimes I'll wear them. But the, the Etihad ones are the best ones. Sorry. <laughs> E-word. No offense e taken. E-word. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mitch, we cut you off on your pajama show. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Mitch, did you get pajamas on each leg? Yeah, so we got it. Four sets. So I, I'm kind of like Miguel. I wear my own clothes to sleep in. So yeah, we got four sets. So I don't know what we're going to do with the other ones. Are we going to give them away? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Well, for those of you in the audience, if you want Mitch to give away a pair of his pajamas, let us know in the comments. <laughs> the used ones. <laughs> yeah, the used <laughs> ones. <laughs> <laughs> Those are extra special. Extra special. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but you can wash them and they'll be just like new. <laughs> just like new. Oh, oh so God. the other thing that they have, that these are my favorite. They're these like towels, these refreshing towels. Oh, yeah. Normally, they're kind of cheap on these other airlines, but these, look at that. Look at the quality. It's like really thick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's washing his face oh, right in front of us. It smells so good. <laughs> Don't forget the pits. <laughs> Can you demo that for us, please? That's all. Let's get to the points only fans. That's the only place where you will find that. So. Oh, my God. Mitch will also give a used towel away as well. Let us know in the comments if you'd like it.
Oh, please. Yes. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah. Send Mitch a DM. <laughs> Mitch, a lot of times when you see these reviews about these airlines, it seems like everything is great. Everything's honky-dory. Was that your experience? Was there anything that, you know, wasn't up to par on your flights? First off, I would say traveling that far in business class on the Q suite, I don't know if I'd want to travel any other way. But I think there are some things. You're right, Nicole. Qatar gets like all these high accolades about they're great. And there are a lot of things that they do well, but there are some things that, you know, just kind of irritated me a little bit about our flight. So like one of the things is on their A350 aircraft. So the overhead bins are only on the sides. And since we had a seat up against the window, all those people in the middle, they got to put their bags somewhere else. I got a little perturbed because I had put my bag in the overhead and the people that were next to me took their bags and they just kind of threw it on top of mine. And I've got my computer in there and I've got some stuff in there. That's one of the things that kind of annoyed me. The other thing, and I know this is, you know, minimal stuff, but in the Q suite itself, in the seat, when you are kind of setting up or you're kind of lounging a little bit, I like my legs to kind of go up and kind of have them propped up. And there's really no way that you can do that because there's not like a little flap or anything that comes up to elevate your legs. So you got to kind of go all the way forward with the seat. And then the tray table is like right there when it pulls out. So you can't like elevate your legs and kind of relax like a big lazy boy a little bit. So that's the other kind of thing that, you know, irritated me as well. So I have one more question. I noticed on Instagram that Polrit got a birthday cake and I wanted to know how you arranged that. Is that something that you arranged ahead of time or did you talk to the flight attendants on board? Okay, great question. I had nothing to do with that at all. In in the past, you know, we've flown Singapore and I've always kind of emailed them and they'll do that, right? Like they'll get you this cake and it's really cool. Come to find out the flight attendant crew that was on our flight from Doha to Melbourne, they were great. Incredible crew. The gal goes, oh, it's your birthday today. Happy birthday. And he's like, how did you know? You know, and I'm like, I didn't tell him. She goes, oh, it tells us in the profile. Last week, Serena, you were talking about how, you know, Emirates anticipated your needs. Mm -hmm. That was a great one, right? She said that in your profile, it shows if it's your birthday and it, it's kind of like a bit of information that gives the flight attendants. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way for them to like, you know, kind of anticipate, make it special for you on board. So that's kind of how that happens. So. That is so nice. Yeah, that's very cute. It was his actual birthday when you flew this. Uh, yes, not in the U.S., but in the times when we were in, right, it right, was right. his birthday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, wow, it was great. technically his birthday. Yes, I mean a birthday cake in the sky in Q Suites. I mean, who could ask for more? If any company corporation would anticipate needs, we'd all be okay. Yeah, the crew from Doha to Melbourne, I will say is probably one of the best flight attendant crews that we've had. And they were just so nice. They were genuine. They were warm. They were caring. There was no no with them. You know, they anticipated our needs. They were just like, whatever you want. One of my favorite things to do on Qatar is have the afternoon tea set. And it was getting towards the end of the flight and I didn't pre-order that. I'm like, do you have any of those left? She's like, for you, I'll go find one. And Aww. I just thought that was so nice, right? Nice. So she went and got yeah. us an afternoon tea set and it was absolutely delicious. So. so how are you getting back? Well, good question, Miguel, because you inspired our return. So I'm going to basically copy what you did. Um, we're going to fly up to Singapore. We're going to stay there for like a day and a half. And then we're going to do what you did. We're going to fly Singapore Airlines first class on their A380. We're going to go to Delhi. Then we're going to go Delhi, but we're going on BA. We're not going on American like you did. Um, but we're going to take American from London to New York. Back some snacks for that one. <laughs> yes. 
That's definitely a Miguel-inspired trip. Also, real quick, if any of you out there watching or listening, leave it in the comments and let us know, have you flown Qatar Q-suites and what you thought of them as well? Mitch, I'm glad you're taking the long way home and I can't wait to see all the wonderful places that you go to. These are probably going to be things that end up on my bucket list. So can you make sure you take good video of all these places that you're going to visit on your long route home? Yes, I promise full lounge reviews. But I think what's important that we talk about right now is how I book these and what tools that I use to book these. And Seats.Arrow, you know, they did not disappoint. And they really came through helping me find this award space for my trip here this year. And they're really good at alerts. And that's something that you're really good at, setting a lot of <laughs> alerts with them, right? <laughs> I certainly am. I've got hundreds and hundreds of alerts and I love it because it's doing the work for me in the background. I don't have to worry about searching on my own every day. I just got back from my whirlwind three continents trip with my family. And now I'm thinking about where we want to go for next winter break. So of course I'm going to set alert for this, right? So I'm going to show you how I set alerts in preparation for our next trip next winter. So you can click on create alerts for specific routes and dates, SMS, add your phone number, select your mileage program, and here you can choose flexible points currencies like Amex, Chase, and City. I'm going to choose American Express and Chase. For departure airport, I'm going to choose West Coast, or you can choose your airport. For arriving airports, I'm going to choose Europe for large airports in Europe. Now, I'm very flexible with my destination, so I'm also going to choose ASA for large airports in Asia, SAM for large airports in South America, MEA for the Middle East, ANZ for large airports in Australia and New Zealand, and you can also add in specific airports as well. For example, if I'm interested in CPT for Cape Town, JNB for Johannesburg, etc. I have a specific date range, so I'll choose date range here. I'll then refer to my school calendar and let's say I can leave any time between these dates in December. I'm going to choose business class and then under advanced filters, I'll enter minimum number of seats, maximum cost in points, and then create alert. Seats.Aero will then enter all the different route combinations for you so that you don't have to add them individually. And all you have to do is just sit back relax, and then wait for a text message from them. And it's really good. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am so busy that I don't have time to do award searches like Miguel does every day, all day long. So I really rely on alerts like this from Seedstartera to help me. And it's great because it's specific for your parameters, your dates, your airports, the desired cabin you want to fly in, and the number of people you have. So I love how you can set these parameters specific to yourself. And what's great is if you're watching or listening, we've got a very good discount code for you, right? So a lot of these features that I went over are only included in the pro plan. And we have a discount code for $20 off your first year of Seats.Aero Pro. And that code is LGTTP20 for $20 off your first year. Yeah, Serena, thank you. That is a great discount and some great features of Seats.Aero. It's now time to move on to our weekly recap. It's now time for our weekly recap where we share our tips and insider lessons with you from the stuff that we've recently booked. But before we start, there was a slight costume change here. So I talked a lot in the first segment. I'm going to go on my rest now. I'm going to take a little break. So I got my pajamas on. 
ready with my eye mask here. <laughs> and Nicole, you're going to fill us in on the Baja Mar, right? Go ahead. So thanks to the wonderful people here on this podcast, we have been influenced once again, and we're now going to Baja Mar. Our sleepy little friend over here will be going first, <laughs> then Miguel will be going, and I'll be going after. And Serena led the way. She went, what, last year you went, Serena? I went two years ago. Yeah. So I'm glad that you guys are going to experience it. Let me know how it goes. I think we're going to have a blast. I looked at the water slides today. That looks very fun. I love going to Nassau. It kind of reminds me of home a little bit. The beaches are amazing. So I'm excited for that. You know what I'm jealous of? The rum cake. Oh, you want rum, rum cake? cake is, the rum cake is so good there. Hmm. If you play your cards right, maybe you can get <laughs> Nana to make you some rum cake. Oh, does she do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. Yep. That's a Christmas tradition. She makes it every year, every year. All right. And on the flip side of the luxurious Grand Hyatt Bahamar, today I also booked a $50 a night Airbnb, you know, because we got to keep it humble. Can't be jetting off to Hyatt's all the time. We are planning a trip to Cuba and we booked an Airbnb. It's called Casa de Particular. So it's renting the house from the people of Cuba. So you're not supporting the government's tourism, but you're supporting the Cuban people. We're excited to see that the reviews were amazing. I'm like, for $50 a night? This place had over 200 five-star reviews. Hopefully it won't be like the Riyadh in Marrakesh. Because five-star reviews are can be deceiving. This is true. So I don't know. I will be happy to give you a trip report to let you know how it goes. So Serena, I know you're always planning something. There's always a new trip coming around the corner, you know, a new park Hyatt you have to discover. What, what, what do you have coming up? I do have a trip to Asia coming up. It's for me and my husband, and this is our Starlux trip. I've decided that we are also going to go to Okinawa. At first, I wasn't sure if I was going to go because I read one account where they were calling it a dump. So I decided to do my own research and I found out from several people that I know that it is in fact not a dump. So that means I'm gonna go, cause it's Japan, right? And I've always wanted to go to Okinawa, especially I wanna do the water activities there. So here's my thing, I'm going to be in Hong Kong and so I have to make my way from Hong Kong to Okinawa. I can fly Hong Kong Airlines and pay maybe $200 a ticket in economy. It's nonstop, it's a two and a half hour flight, or I can use 20,000 points per person and book us in business class on EVA, but it has a layover in Taipei. So what should I do? Should I use points to book business class and spend some time in a couple lounges in Taipei, or should I pay cash and... <laughs> <laughs> I heard lounges. That's, I, I didn't hear anything else. I just heard lounges. Of course, coming from the lounge lizard. <laughs> or should I pay cash for the nonstop and just get there? I don't know. I'm struggling. Don't struggle. You just EVA. EVA is great. Like, yeah. But but you know, it's only one hour. It's a little bit over an hour from Hong Kong to Taipei, a little bit over an hour from Taipei to Okinawa. It's not that long. So if you look at the value of points, the floor, which is one cent per point, you know, that's on the low end. That's the $200 that you would be spending. Like, it's the same thing. Just if it's equal, do the business in the lounge. If time is not an issue, I would go for the business class, you know, get two more amenity kits, check out another lounge, you know, why not? No kids. So you have time. Yeah. yeah Enjoy yeah. it. 
I mean, what do you guys think? Let Serena know what she should do in the comments. Should she pay $200 cash and take the direct flight? Or should she take the business class for 20,000 points and check out another lounge? Leave your opinion down in the comments and you know, Serena's gonna take it into consideration. How about this? I will book whatever you guys decide. Ooh. <laughs> the most comments for whichever option, I will book that. And she's gonna bring you video footage of what you chose. <laughs> I will. And if it sucks, I'm going to blame the audience. <laughs> How about we take it a step further? We have them pick the seats in the back by the No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, have you looked at Hong Kong Airlines and to see what it is, like how it compares? No, but I'm sure it's crappy. <laughs> I'm sure it's not good, but I'm thinking about getting there quickly oh. so that I can like get accustomed to being in Okinawa and getting a good night's rest so we can jump into activities the next day. That's what I'm thinking more of. So I know all of us, we love Hyatt, but apparently there's some Marriott thing in the news. Something about Marriott, Miguel? Yeah, so they just released the benefits that will apply to the MGM and Marriott partnership. We discussed this a few episodes ago in where MGM cut ties with Hyatt and now it went with Marriott. They released the benefits and honestly, they suck. There's really not much to say about it. Um, Should have stayed with Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> For this partnership to have any value to people, you have to be the top tier MGM Noir, I think, which is like by invitation only. And then you get free parking at Marriott and that's self-parking at even valet. So there's really no substance here. Just, I mean, if, if there's one takeaway, it's that you can book some MGM properties with Marriott points that, you know about it do better mgm do better yeah i was reading through this and let's be honest it sounds like it's a big hot pile of rack is what it sounds like and especially compared to what we had with hyatt and mgm as well like is there anything that's good in this besides the parking or is that pretty much it no i mean i think there's there's not even wave resort fees the i think the only thing that you can get is if you have some marriott status is like a priority check-in line that's it. Give me the ooh. Wah, <laughs> uh -huh. wah. Passing, passing. On to the next. The only other thing is if you're uh, Marriott Platinum or above and you match your status to MGM, you get a $15, a whopping $15 food and beverage credit, which probably gets you like a couple bottles of water. Speaking about Vegas, I did book a couple nights at uh, the Treasure Island, I think. And because there's nothing exciting in Vegas, unless you're using Amex Fine Hotels and Resorts and using that $200 credit, there's no more benefit to the Hyatt partnership that used to exist. And this Marriott partnership kind of sucks. I just actually booked through American Airlines Hotels, AA Hotels. I'm going with some family and I'm going to earn about 30,000 American Airlines miles. And I'm only paying for a third of the rooms. That's really good. That's three quarters of the way to gold right there. Yeah, so this year I'm actually close to getting... Um, executive platinum and i don't really care so much about that but at 175,000 loyalty points i can earn two system-wide upgrades with american airlines so that's really what i'm going for and i'm pretty close i have like a month a little over a month to get it done i have no fear that you will get it done if anyone could do it miguel could do it all right miguel so you know all that flying you're going to be doing on aa you're going to get hungry and you're going to need some snacks so i got some chocolates i got from qatar airways that you can take with you 
that you can have for your flights because you'll need some stacks, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's now time for Nicole's wins or losses. And Nicole, what kind of wins and losses do you have for this week? Something good, right? Oh, yeah. This week is totally fired up. People are really getting into these wins and losses. So New Woods is back. She got to status match her Delta status with Southwest. Great job. Lindsay nice. underscore Taylor 3 got 6000 $500 worth of sweet upgrades in the Middle East on her recent trip. That's a big, yeah. big win right there. That is. Jess Chan just got approved for a new business card, even though she was above 524. And she got to match the public offer with the referral offer from her P2. I would call that a double Great. win. I'm <laughs> jealous, yeah. All right. And Lisa Bonita had no flight delays on her flight on Delta to Lisbon. Yeah, and <laughs> Sandy points of view is dipping her toe into solo travel, and she just had an amazing trip to Atlantis in the Bahamas. Oh wow, no. great! Keep sending us your wins and losses. We love to put them on the show. We love to see what you guys are up to and how you're exploring the world of points and miles. All right, it's now time to move on to ask us. Hi, I'm a big fan of your show. I'm Jenny from Mountain House. I've been wanting to go to Africa. Just want to know how I can get there with miles and points. Okay, gang, Jenny is looking for some tips and tricks and more to go to South Africa and Africa, it sounds like. Lucky for her, we have some resident experts in the house. So we're going to start with Nicole. And what do you got for Jenny? So I am currently planning our trip to South Africa and we're on the East Coast. So we're going to fly Qatar to Doha and then Doha to Cape Town. If you do end up in South Africa, here are a few things that you must do. Number one, you want to book a reservation at Goals Restaurants. I hear that this restaurant totally takes the African experience to a whole new level. Second, if you're the adventurous kind, you definitely want to try to hike up to Table Mountain or even Lion's Head. And for sure, you definitely want to try your hand at paragliding. If you go to South Africa, you can also stay at the Hyatt Regency. I hear the customer service there is exceptional. You won't even know you're at a Regency. You probably think you're at a Park Hyatt. So, Miguel, you also have traveled to Africa, right? What are some tips that you have? Yeah, well, I guess it depends where in Africa, you know, they want to go to. But one of the most popular ways to get there is, like Nicole said, through Qatar Airways. But a couple other options that, that I would note is if you do Air France or KLM's Flying Blue program, you could get from the U.S. to Kenya for about 90,000 points in business class. And then if you have kids, you know, you get the 25% discount for ages 5 to 11. And then the other one would be Condor Airlines. And this is most easily booked with Alaska Miles. So from the U.S. to Frankfurt to a few places in Africa where they fly, you can do this for 70,000 Alaska miles in business class one way. So those are just three different options that I would look into. Hi, Jenny. There are just so many different facets of Africa. I just was in Morocco with my family and we flew Air France from SFO to Paris onto Marrakesh. And you can do that with as little as 50,000 miles on Air France in business class nowadays. Since you're on the West Coast, I'll give you some other options to get to Africa. You can also fly KLM and layover in Amsterdam. You can fly Emirates and layover in Dubai. You can also fly Turkish Airlines and have a layover in Istanbul. You can also fly Qatar and have a layover in Doha, as my co-host has mentioned already. And then you can also 
do Air France with a layover in Paris. So what I would do is I would set a Seatstat error alert for the long haul route. And then when that triggers, then you can see if you can continue on to Africa. Good luck with your search and have a great time when you do go. Those are some great tips. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Jenny, for your question. It's so easy for you to be on our show. You, all you got to do is visit our website at letsgettothepoints.com and then click on subscribe and you can send your video question to us right there and we will answer it on our show. It's almost time to wrap up, but before we go, we've got more questions from you on our social media channels. So if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, Look for the questions on your screen as we share our best short, quick responses. Alexander dropped us a DM and he asks, if you could take any celebrity on any one of your points trips, who would you take and why? That's a great question, Miguel. My wife. <laughs> Add two brownie points for you. Yeah, you're going to get lucky tonight when she hears it. <laughs> Final answer. Oh. What about you, Nicole? Okay, good job. I would love to take Michelle Obama. I've listened to two of her audiobooks, and I, I just like, she seems like such an amazing person and also very down to earth. What about you, Serena? I'm going to take the best group of celebrities. I'm going to take the Let's Get to the Points team. <laughs> 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 How about you, Mitch? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. When's the trip? Where are we going? I'm excited. I think I'd like to go back in time, uh, if that's allowed. And I'd like to go back with Anthony Bourdain. I always thought he had a great spirit. You know, he was a great storyteller. He always had a great adventure and he always ate something really Really good wherever he was going. So that's someone that I would like to go on a trip with, with my points. All right. Next question comes from Seth over email and he asks, what's your guys' favorite type of aircraft that you have flown on? Anything with a shower and a bar? <laughs> I'm not a big av geek. I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry. I, I, I'm good almost anywhere except for in the back by the labs. How about you, Serena? I'm not too picky either, but I will say that my family noticed when we were on Emirates A380, it was a very smooth ride. How about you, Mitch? Yeah, that is a smart family you got there, Serena. Um, I love the A380. It's an incredible airplane. I think that's what I would seek out. I love how there's all that space on it. You've all been on the A380, right? It's like the greatest aircraft ever. All right, final question comes to us from Cindy, and she wants to know, I've got a trip coming up to Asia, and i got a couple of different ways to get there. ANA, JAL, EVA, Singapore. There's some great carriers, but I want to know, what one would you all pick? Miguel? All of the above. <laughs> Between those four, I would, oh, that's a hard question. I'd like Singapore. I'd probably just do Singapore or ANA. What about you, Nicole? So unless it's Japan Airlines new business class, I'm not a big fan of the 222 setup. If I'm fine business, I want my own space. So I would say that's the one I probably would not go on. How about you, Serena? Um, so out of those four, I've only done JAL and Singapore, and I really, really liked Singapore's service. I didn't like the seat that much, but I really liked their service, and I liked having the book the cook option so you know exactly what you're getting. How about you, Mitch? Yeah, I agree with you, Miguel, and I agree with you, Serena. Those are some great choices, and like I thought the same things along those lines as well. Um, If I had to pick just one, it would probably be EVA because I think their food's really good on board and I know the seat's a little dated but I love the service with them as well so that's who I would choose. All right thank you everyone for your questions please keep them coming in we love 
hearing from you and chatting and answering your questions on our show. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel to get updates when we release a new episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and leave us a comment below. Also, feel free to subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And send us a DM if you have any thoughts or ideas on our show. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you wrote us a five-star review for us there. All right, that's it for now. I want to thank all of our hosts from Passion for Points. It's Serena. Bye, everyone. Miguel from The Travel Sergeant. Later. Nicole from Nicole's Travel Tips. See you guys next week. And I'm Mitch Shannon from c 2 s Week. You can find out more about us at our website, letsgettothepoints.com. And we will see you all here next Friday. Let's get to the point. Stop.